Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Calm Talks. My name is Adil and I'm here alongside my co-host Ant. We are here to help you discover your version of success one calm talk at a time. If you haven't already, please do subscribe or follow us on whichever platform you're listening on. It does help us grow a lot and it also enables us to keep creating high quality content for you. Now today's topic is about the art of finding a partner. This is going to be a two-part episode where we will cover 10 key questions to ask yourself in your journey of self-discovery. With Valentine's Day right around the corner, we know that some of you must be in happy relationships, maybe you're struggling with some, or perhaps you're looking to find the right relationship for yourself this year, where you're going to help you in finding a partner for yourself this year. And that process, what that really entails is some level of introspection and self-reflection where you can figure yourself out and what you're looking for. And what's the first question a person should be asking themselves in this journey? I think normally when we start asking questions, the first thing we always ask is why. Why am I doing something? What is the purpose of something? What is that underlying reason for what, what is going on? So the first question really is about that. It is what is the aim or what is the purpose of the relationship to me? What is the aim of having a relationship? What am I trying to get out of having that relationship? Overall, what is the relationship's purpose to me? And I think that is the number one question that you must know in yourself before you go out and pursue one or continue staying in one. And that's going to be different for each individual at different stages of their life. I think when you're younger, maybe you have a more casual nature that you're going about your life. Maybe you're someone who's maybe in their late 20s, early 30s, and you're looking to settle down. Maybe you're not. But what's important is that you understand why you're looking for a relationship, why you're looking to date. Is it because you have an end goal in life to having a family, to having children? Like, What is it that actually would be beneficial for you if you were to start a relationship? If I were to ask you right now, what's the purpose of a relationship to you? Well, at this stage of my life, I think I'm in my early 30s. And at this stage of my life, I would certainly say that it, to eventually start a family, have kids. So I would say that I'm probably looking for a relationship for the long term, right? Now, at the same time, I want to find the right partner, which is why I want to find someone who also is looking for the same thing. I would ask you the same question back since we're getting personal now. To be honest with you, like when I think about it, even if I think about my history, I've always thought the purpose of a relationship is to be with somebody to create a family, to promise yourselves to each other, to build a life together. I've actually had that thing, that mentality ingrained within me from young. So for me, that's always been the purpose of a relationship. I would completely agree. I think the purpose of a relationship to me, I've always given the analogy is that you're finding a teammate, a partner in life. And I might've said this to you, I think off the mic, I would say that basically if you have a football team or a soccer team where you have 11 of the best strikers on the team, even if they're all the best in the world, if they're all playing the same position, that's actually a very unbalanced team. That's not what you really need. What you do need for a great football or a soccer team is you have different players playing in their position and doing their job and their responsibilities the best they can. Each team member does help each other Each other out where they can, but everyone has their own roles. That's a team of 11. We're talking about a team of two. 
<laughs> and you would imagine that's simpler, but sometimes it's more complicated. I think also what we should stress here is not only what is the aim or the purpose of the relationship, but also how long do you want to be in that relationship? That's something that's often overlooked, but let's say you want to you know, go into a relationship for marriage or because you want to have a family. Well, what is the time factor of that? Is it going to be a one-year thing, a 10-year thing, a 50-year thing? That's also something that I think we sometimes overlook when we're thinking about purpose, but embedded within the purpose is how long are you willing to dedicate to that purpose? And I think that actually leads us on quite nicely to the second point, or the second thing you really have to ask yourself when it comes to your journey of self-discovery and understanding yourself for when you want to enter or remain in a relationship. You have to really ask what are the things that are important to you. You have to sit there and say, what is really important to me? Because when you really know what's important to you, only then can you enter or stay within that relationship and it be aligned to the things that are important to you. One of the fundamental keys to any relationship or any successful relationship is how you communicate to each other. Now, if you don't know what's important to you, you won't be able to communicate that to the other person. And that actually happens quite commonly in relationships where partner expects the other person to read their mind. And that's just not going to happen. So you have to ask yourself this question, find out what's important to you so that ultimately you can communicate that to whoever you're dating. If I were to ask you, what are the three most important things to you? I would say the first thing is peace. After that, I think family is definitely up there for me. And then I would also say financial security. Now, a lot of the reasons that I would give these three answers, I do think they could evolve because they probably have already changed. If you asked me the same question five years ago, it would be a different answer. But the reason I value these three in particular is because I kind of was missing these when I was young. My family, like when I was growing up, there was just a lot of arguments happening between my parents. So I would kind of hide away in my room. Sometimes we would have a, a, a Walkman where you would play like a cassette and I would... Throw it back, throw it back. <laughs> now you know how old I am. <laughs> you used to put the pencil in it, right? And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was yeah. hard work. Yeah, now we just... I had to yeah. struggle for that music. Yeah, kids nowadays are spoiled. <laughs> but you know what? I used to just put my headphones in because they were just arguing happening between my parents, right? So I think that's why I just want a peaceful relationship in my life or with my partner. Sure, there's going to be arguments, but... There shouldn't be any battle with each other because you're on the same team. Yeah, I think for me, it's very similar, actually. If I think about it, you know, without doubt, one of the things for me is family. You know, people that have given to me unconditionally, I want to give back to them. And I don't just mean like financially. I mean, in all aspects, as much as I can, the mental, the emotional, you know, being there to support the people that have supported me my whole life. Without doubt, one of my priorities is taking care of the family I have also the family I want to build. I want to build that with a partner, with children, etc. So for me, without doubt, it's family. And similar to you as well, peace or balance or often what we talk about in this podcast, which is calmness. But what that really translates to is somebody that has a similar perspective to me. Because what you find is, is when a perspective is shared, you're able to find commonality. And that in itself is a calming or harmonious position to be in. So really. When I talk about calmness with somebody else, it's about having a mutual perspective on what is important, what's worth having conflict over, what's worth really discussing in that extra level of detail. 
these things are what I mean when I talk about having peace and calmness and balance. So when a person asks themselves the question, what is the most important thing to me? They could answer in a variety of different ways. They could think about peace, family. They could think about religion. They could think about money. They could think about pleasure. Is there any wrong answer to this question? I think that's what makes us all individual. Ultimately, we all have a different ranking of what is important, of our priorities. And it's really about you knowing yourself, knowing what is really important to you, what values you really stand for, what values you really hold close to you. And once you know that, you're able to say, you know what, I'm looking for that in someone else. So it's completely individualistic. Only you can know the answer for yourself. And I think that moves us quite nicely on again to the third point. And that is, what do I envisage in my future? If we go back to point one and two, what's the aim of a relationship and what's the purpose of it for me? Number two, what's important to me? Well, ultimately, that's going to come out in what you envisage in your future. In other words, what do I see in the short and long term for myself? When you bring everything together, it's going to form a picture of what you're looking for in the future. And only once you know what you're looking for in your own future, do you know whether or not you'll be aligned with somebody else? The first place to start is that alignment of values, right? But then you want to move on to the next stage and ask yourself, do you want the same things in life? You don't want to be in a tug of war with each other, with your own partner, where you're going to be pulling away from your goals. That's why you just have to ask each other what those goals are. Maybe one of you wants to have kids, the other one doesn't. Maybe one of you wants to move halfway across the world, the other one doesn't. There's no right formula. There's no right answer. What's right is for you to know what you're looking for and find a partner who also buys into that same vision. Exactly. Kids is a really good one, right? So do you want to have kids? If so, where? What religion do you want your children to be? Maybe if you have partners of a different religion to you or they have no religion, that could be a source of conflict. And it could even be something as simple as, do you want to save money or spend money? And if you want to spend money, what do you want to spend it on? Maybe you want to spend it on holidays. Maybe you want to spend it on Gucci, you know. And really, right, this comes down to how you want your future to look like. If you are wanting your future to look like holidays all the time or maybe Gucci handbags all the time and your partner, you know, wants to save money and invest in property, for example, you two may be at conflict with each other. So ultimately, it's about you understanding what you want in yourself for your future and finding somebody that aligns to that. You know, just to kind of break down one of the goals that you mentioned was around finances. Just thinking about how you want to spend your money or save your money. The number one reason marriages end is because of financial reasons. It's actually not because of adultery or anyone cheating, any type of infidelity. So you really want to think about those things. I would also say that it probably does go back for you to first think about what you're looking for in that relationship. This is probably more applicable to someone who's looking for a long-term relationship, who's looking for a long-term partnership. Anyone who's looking for a casual short-term relationship, maybe for you, you want to focus on short-term goals and what, what those are. And just be upfront about those with whoever you're dating. Now, whether it's long-term goals or short-term goals and you have a partner, before that, there's a bigger question for you to ask yourself, and that's, if you have learned to be happy with your own company, if you learn to be happy alone. The reason that that's important for you is that if you are struggling to spend time by yourself, if you're always looking to 
be surrounded by another individual, you're going to actually have this dependency on them. You, what you want to do is actually learn to have your own independent life, your own individual habits and activities, and you want to be engaging with them. Sometimes you can come together with your partner and maybe you can engage in those activities together. But what you don't want to lose is your own sense of individuality. I think this argument also extends to what do you do in your own company? If you're just simply somebody that watches Netflix all day in your own company, that's not really about understanding yourself. That's not about am I comfortable in my own company. You're still looking for distractions if you were to just be on the TV all day or or reading Reddit all day or something like that or on YouTube all day. When we say, do I really know myself or have I learned to be happy alone? What we really mean is, are you happy in your own company without anybody else, without distractions? As a proxy, what we really are trying to say is, do you love yourself? Do you genuinely understand and value yourself and show yourself true love? Because only then, when you understand who you are, are you able to give it to somebody else? You certainly can't be at peace with anyone else if you're not at peace with yourself. And in a similar way, you will never be able to love another person if you don't love yourself. So Adil, let me ask you, how have you learned to be happy alone, happy in your own company? If I can admit, like when I was younger, I've definitely jumped from one relationship to another. And that's because I actually didn't like my own company. It took me a very long time to face the reality of what was happening over there. Today, I would say, thankfully, I'm in a much better place where I have my own activities. I think definitely the number one thing that pops up in my mind is actually just working out, going to the gym, or even maybe practicing jujitsu. Like those are all activities where I actually like them for my own sanity as well as my own peace. Even if I'm in, in a relationship or dating, I actually prefer to work out by myself, not with my partner, because it's my thing. It's sort of my escape where I can just be in the gym with my headphones in, no longer have the Walkman, I've upgraded now, and then just be able to kind of sort my own head out. What about you? I'll ask you the same question back. I probably have the opposite issue. I'm kind of oftentimes alone. I've, I've been described as a lone wolf. I'm quite happy in my own company, but that's sometimes to a detriment because it's hard for me to get into a relationship because I'm so happy in my own company. And the reason why I'm happy in my own company is because I constantly set myself goals, big goals and small goals. Oftentimes I have set myself big goals and I break them down into really small achievable chunks. And that keeps me really motivated. And oftentimes I, you will know this, overexert myself and I don't leave myself much time, which is, you know, it makes me very ambitious, but at the same time, doesn't leave me much room for a relationship. So I am comfortable in my own company. And a part of that is because I'm very studious towards my goals, very accountable towards my own goals. But, you know, there's something to be said that perhaps I could be a bit more balanced in that regard. Maybe I love my own company too much. You know, no one's perfect, I guess, right? It's certainly not the worst habit to have or the worst skill to have to enjoy your own company. I think that, you know, if you can amuse yourself and just be happy in your own skin, it's certainly a superpower. What I would say, though, actually, is that even though I'm happy in my own company, I do definitely need my friends around me. Like, I'm quite sociable. So even though I set myself them goals, et cetera, I'm quite, I think I have balance in terms of, you know, I'm going to make sure I spend time with a lot of different groups of people, get a lot of different opinions, get a lot of different energies around me to keep me, 
keep my mind activated, if you will. So happy in my own company, but also understand and appreciate the value of other people in my life. You know, what's interesting about that is that you and I both have sort of different responses and experiences in how maybe you've been alone quite often in your life. And I've actually found myself in relationships for most of my life. And I think that we ultimately are all kind of products of our own experiences. And that's who shape us to who we become, which kind of leads us to question number five, which is for you to take a look at those experiences and ask yourself, have I dealt with my most painful memories, my most painful traumas? And that's a very, very deep question to be asking. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we will have our own journey in life and we will have our own adversities. We will have our own struggles. But oftentimes what you'll find is that that thing that is unresolved in your past, maybe it was the death of a loved one. Maybe it was, you know, your, maybe it was your parents splitting up and that really affected you. Maybe you're from a rough neighborhood. There's so many things that could impact you here. But ultimately, you need to understand your own history, your own pain points, your own sources of trauma, because they are the things that will keep repeating in your future relationships, both with yourself and with the people that you allow into your life. If you don't resolve the things that are internally in conflict with yourself, you will bring that conflict onto other people around you. The reality is you can't run from your, your demons. You can't hide from them. They will always catch up to you. So the only way for you to overcome them is to face them straight on. And you must just ask yourself those tough questions. And these admittedly are not easy. But for you to ask yourself about what makes you perhaps more reactive, more vulnerable, where do you feel most sensitive? What are certain things that may trigger you? Once you understand them, then you can deal with them and you can overcome that trauma. And it will take work and it will also be painful. You know, I'll be very candid with you Yeah, One of my biggest pain points in my life was losing people that I love. And that actually is something that makes me quite a lone wolf. Um, so I understand my own trauma, if you will. I know what it feels like to lose someone that you really care about or to lose people that you really care about. And in your deep subconscious, kind of stops you from forming them deep connections with people. And only as I have matured do I realize that perhaps I'm actually putting some resistance in place because of that fear of loss that I have. I've taken the time to figure that out about myself. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm aware, I'm mature, I've taken the time to reflect. I'm on my own journey of self-discovery. I know that that is something that makes me human, but also is probably a bit of a flaw, and that's okay. I'm aware of it, got to tackle it, got to face that demon head on, like you said, because only then would I be able or be capable of allowing someone close to me and actually being vulnerable with them. Just to build on that as well, once you go through a loss, if you didn't have the opportunity to grieve through it, it kind of stays with you, right? I've been through loss myself as well, and that was one of those items that I had to cope with too. The idea over here is that for you to recognize whatever it is that's holding you back, which is creating conflict within you and also conflict with your partner. You want to be able to manage those conflicts. You want to be able to manage those difficult conversations with yourself because if you struggle to do that, then you're going to struggle to have difficult conversations with your partner. Is there anything that, you know, is a really pain point for you that you've learned to overcome that makes you 
able and makes you ready to allow someone new in your life? I think once upon a time, my relationship with my own mother was quite difficult where we weren't seeing eye to eye. We would have arguments. And I think that that actually had a much bigger impact on me than I realized. So what I realized was that with my relationship with my mother not being as healthy as it should be, it was a reflection on my relationship with other women that I was dating. So I think that was something that I was carrying from my childhood. I think there was some level of maybe feeling within me that my mother could have done better. But that I would probably admit today that that was a problem or a fault that I had in my way of thinking, my expectations. The reason I felt that was because Unfortunately, I grew up with less than what all of my friends around me at school had. So I almost had this kind of glaring reality of what everyone else has and what we have is less. And that those are comparisons found. And I would kind of maybe just have this feeling about that that's to do with my parents. And it took me much later on in my life when I was, I think, in my early 20s, I would say, that I started realizing, actually, my parents did the best fucking job they could and did a damn good job, Right. They have four kids who've all gone to college, university. They're all educated, where my parents barely got their education. And it kind of flipped my mindset as to like thinking about being more grateful towards my parents. And I think that was one of the traumas that I had, which I didn't really realize is that sort of unhappiness towards my parents when I was a kid. And then as I got older, kind of fixed my relationship with my mom and became mommy's favorite, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder why you go home often and get that home cooked food. <laughs> of course. You know, I have a great relationship with her now. But yeah, I think that that would be, be my pick of the bunch. Yeah, I mean, it's ultimately, it's all about your own journey of self-discovery. It's all about understanding them pain points for yourself so that you're able to not inflict them, inflict on your future relationships or your current ones. So I know we've covered a lot today and actually a lot of the things that we've asked are actually quite deep, but I just want to say that's only part one. Part two is coming out in the following week, where we're going to go one level deeper. But before we go into the next episode, let's just recap this one. The first question we asked on your journey of self-discovery towards finding a partner was number one, what is the purpose of a relationship to me? fundamental question you need to ask yourself before you enter any relationship or whilst you're considering the status of your current relationship. Number two, what is the most important thing to me? It's really a self-assessment of things that are really important to you, whether that be family, peace, religion, financial status. There's many things that can go into that. And again, it's completely individualistic. Number three, what do I envisage for myself in my own future? Having a clear understanding of what you want, where you're going, allows you to seek and gain alignment with anybody who comes into your life or with the current person who is in your life. Number four, have I learned to be happy alone? Or am I happy in my own company? Effectively, do I really accept and love myself for myself, for my strengths and my development areas? Do I really, really value myself? And number five, have I dealt with my most painful memories? Have I really tackled head-on them traumas? It's really a self-assessment for you to understand where your pain points are so that you don't allow them to bleed onto others who are in your life. So we hope you found that really helpful. Between now and the next episode, part two of The Art of Finding a Partner, we want you to send us in the answers to these five questions. Let us know what the most important thing is to you. Let us know what you envisage in your future. 
share with us. You can find us on our Instagram at Calm Talks. And we look forward to hearing that. We look forward to understanding where you are on your journey. We want to help you in your journey. So please share it. And if you think anybody else would benefit from this content, please share this episode with them. And we look forward to hearing from them too. And no matter what you do, always remember, stay calm. Thank you for listening to another episode of Calm Talks. And just as a reminder, if you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Calm Talks and join our mailing list by visiting our website at calmtalks.com. And as always, stay calm. Thank you.